play action for Kirk from under center. Straight drop. Kirk trying to win it to Thielen. Caught at the five. Cousins, Thielen, 42 on the Saints. Kirk takes the snap. Looks right. Fade left. End zone. And it is caught. Touchdown! Hello, hello, let's go. It's your man, Flip Mozzie. And thank you for spending some time with Miles Gorham, Matt Anderson, and Ryan Ortega today. We're here, and the NFL draft is just around the corner. Tomorrow, Thursday night, the virtual draft begins. Leading up to it, we discussed all of Minnesota's biggest needs. We talked about the offensive tackles. We went over four cornerback prospects. But today is the fun one. We saved the best for last because we're diving into the wide receiver rookies. We've got some elite wideouts in this draft class. We see a bunch of depth in this wide receiver group. And we all know pass catcher, a major need right now. Matt, just like you did it before, man, please tell the people why a wide receiver is a need. What do you see on the Vikings' current roster? Uh, I don't see a lot, I tell you that. I see an aging wide receiver in Adam Thielen, who was coming off injury last year and looked to struggle down the stretch. B.C. Johnson, you know, he played well, but I think we've all kind of touched it on it at some point that he's not really, you know, more than a wide receiver three from what we saw last year and probably can't be depended on as a wide receiver two. And after that, you don't really have too much. They went out and signed Tajay Sharp. I'm sure he'll battle for a roster spot and and play some. But once you lose Stephon Diggs, a, a small need at wide receiver now becomes even even bigger. So we'll have to address that. That's well said. Yeah, I think a lot of Vikings fans are forgetting that Adam Thielen is going into his 30-year-old season. He's signed with the Vikings until he's 34 years old. So it's time to get some youth in the works. So with that, we're going to explore the options. Going to go round table just like we did on the last two prospects. Let's start with Ryan tonight. Ryan, who's the wide receiver prospect that you like the most? The, the prospect that I like the most isn't somebody that we're probably going to be able to get. His name is C.D. Lamb, Oklahoma Sooner. We all know how much I love him. I'm not going to dive into that today because of the fact that it's so unlikely we're going to get him. Uh, so I'm going to move into actually a later round pick. I'm going to go with a gentleman by the name of Donovan Peoples-Jones. Wide receiver, Michigan, 6'2", 212 or so. So he's a pretty big guy. Uh, he runs about a 4.48, so he's not overly fast, but I think he's got more of that long speed. I, I think he's probably going to fall maybe into that third round range, he, mainly because he didn't have a lot of production at Michigan. So, uh, but but he is a he's a spark. I, I don't like to use that term because I know he's coined for uh, David Morgan, but it's kind of that spark dog, right? He he fits all of that spider web boxes that you want to hit as a prospect. Um, athletic as all can be. And uh, I, I just think that he'd be a really good at value add at that late second, early third round range that uh, could provide a little bit of spark and be able to utilize a prospect that really wasn't utilized well at Michigan. And I think we can maybe help, help him reach his ceiling. 
and and he would be more of an outside guy for us. He can flex. He can flex into the slot as well. So he, he's a big dude. Can he's got great hands, some run after catch ability. He did return punts as well. Um, so he, he's definitely a guy that I think could bring a well-rounded package into our uh, into our wide receiver room and be a contributor day one. Okay. Rick does love his former five-star recruits too, so don't forget about that. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, so we got Donovan Peoples, Jones, Miles, which prospect are you going to be going over today? So I almost went with the trifecta with the TCU attire. Like I, I started with Lucas Nang uh, for offensive line. Then I went with Jeff Gladney at cornerback. I was this close to go. I was really close to going with uh, Jalen Rager. I'm a big fan of um, from TCU. So it was almost like the, the triple threat, but I'm going to go with Denzel Mims, wide receiver from Baylor. I think he kind of brings a little bit of everything the Vikings are looking for at wide receiver. Not that he's a replacement for Diggs, but for me, the way I view him is as someone he didn't, he wasn't asked to run the full route tree at Baylor because of the, the the style and the offense that they run. But um, what we were able to see at the senior bowl, it was his ability to run the full route tree when he in one-on-ones during practices and and during the game. And then uh, for me as well, what I really like about Mims is what this offense is looking for is someone to, a vertical threat, someone that can um, stretch the field. And he's someone that can come in and contribute right away while also not being asked to run the entire full route tree while he continues to develop. He can still be an, have a, a big impact on this offense because he can run the, your basic hitch post go and go routes. So those, those basic deep, deep routes that you're asked, the, the, the like essential everyday route that uh, most receivers are asked to run that can run the, the basic route tree. And then he, like I said, and he's got that ability in the red zone too. So he's the kind of guy that can go up and get the football, but he can also win in tight spaces. He's uh, very physical. He's, he's good with his hands. He's got good feet at the line of scrimmage. He's the kind of guy that, to me that can win those one-on-one matchups. And then he also, with that 4-3-8 speed, he's going he's gonna to stretch the field vertically, in which is something the Vikings desperately need with Stephon Diggs out of the mix. All the guys they currently have to, uh, Adam Thielen, he's an elite receiver. Um, everybody touched on the fact that he was injured last year going into his 30-year season. But at the same time, he's also best utilized as the more intermediate route guy. He's, he can get deep. And I'm not even trying to say that his, uh, he can't be a vertical threat. But ideally in the offense and the way he ran it and the, the Vikings ran it last year, he fit more in the intermediate route range. And then you have BC Johnson, like Matt said. He's the kind of guy, um, more of an intermediate route runner as well. Same with Tajay Sharp. All three of those guys are aren't going to stretch the field vertically, aren't going to be asked to stretch the field vertically very often because that's not their true skill set. And like I said, Adam Thielen can do it. I just don't think it's his best utilized position. And I think Denzel Mims could come and slot in at that X receiver position, win his one-on-one matchups, and be a guy that stretches the field vertically early on. Okay, great. So we got Donovan Peoples-Jones and Denzel Mims now. I'm going to add Brandon Ayuk to the conversation, the senior wide receiver from Arizona State. He's 5'11", 205 pounds. Ayuk took the JUCO route to to college football. He played two seasons at a JUCO program before playing two seasons with the Arizona Sun Devils under Herm Edwards. Broke out in 2019 as their primary wideout after Enkil Harry, another Arizona State product, ended up with the Patriots. Brandon Ayuk took over and performed well there, also returning kicks during his junior and senior years. 
So that's the third athlete added. Matt, who are you bringing up today? I mean, I got a late round guy here, but uh, I brought up KJ Hill, wide receiver out of Ohio State. Um, he's only 22 years old. I think the only downfall probably to his game and, and why people probably aren't talking to him too much about him too much is he's strictly a slot receiver. So unless you're, you're getting a guy who can play outside, if we go into this draft and just draft a guy like KJ Hill, you're kind of just duplicating what you already kind of have with, with a BC Johnson or Tajay Sharp, like Miles alluded to, those short intermediate routes. But back to KJ Hill, you know, he's a consistent, reliable wide receiver. He actually has the most catches uh, in Ohio State history with 201, but he's not going to burn you with his speed. He's uh, He ran a 4-6 at the combine, but, but he, is, he has a good route tree. He's got really good hands. He knows how to get open. He knows how to attack that zone coverage in the slot. And if you go and ta- if you go and get him, this allows Adam Thielen to move outside um, and kind of attack those coverages. So it would be a late round pick, but but I think that uh, if, if they if they want to go that route, I don't think it will be a bad one. He'll be a consistent player for us. Okay, so we've got a pretty wide set group of prospects here. That's expected for such a deep wide receiver class. We've got some people who might go on day one. We've got some prospects on day two. What is best for the Vikings looking at this receiver group and their receiver as a need? Is this a need that they need to address in the first round or can they wait? And how does that relate to the prospects we're talking about today? Yeah, I, taking a look at when, when you when you look at this class, it is a very deep class. It is very top heavy. So in terms of those day one people that are going to be superstar type mentality or superstar mentality um, players, there's really three of those guys, maybe four. Um, so most of the prospects we're talking about aren't going to be those guys because those guys are gone. Uh, so when, when I look at this, we're looking for solid contributors, guys that can play their role, the Denzel Mims stretch in the field, the Iukes being that just very, very versatile uh, weapon, almost in a gadget guy. Uh, and I love Ayuk, by the way, Philip. He, he's one of my top receiver prospects that I really like in this class. Peoples-Jones, again, he, he's a guy that can flex inside, outside, give you that big, big frame. Uh, and, and the reason why I went with him over the Denzel Mims, the Jalen Ragers, the Brandon Ayuk's is because I, while I feel that receiver is a need early on in the draft, I don't think that's the way the Vikings will draft. So it's not my feeling, it's the way I feel Rick and Zimmer feel. Um, I don't think that they feel that the wide receiver is that big of a need because they do have Thielen. They probably like Tajay Sharp. And even though I think that that's the wrong mentality, that's just the way I think they're going to go. So I wanted to try to pick a guy that bring bring light to a guy, to our listeners, who um, maybe they don't know much about because he didn't have a, an illustrious college football career but he's got all of the skill or um, all the skills and all the tools to be a very successful NFL player. If he can get a good quarterback, a good system to, to work off of Um, again, going, going back to people's Jones, big dude, imposing figure can snag that ball out of the air, explosive athlete from the stand, from a standpoint of like getting up in the air and high pointing the ball. And he's, and and I know we kind of make fun of this, especially when talked about Treadwell, but, He's a darn good run blocker too, and we run the ball a lot. So he can get downfield, and again, I know that's not a, 
a trait that we should be looking at as our receiver as like a as like a high thing that they need to have. But they ran the ball a lot at Michigan, and he's able to do that. Um, well, and, and coaches, coaches and personnel, they look for that stuff, whether we like it or not. They look for it. They use it as like a plus, a check or not. You know, so like again, it's not something I think is imperative, but it's something that coaches definitely view as a a check bo- a mark that they check. So absolutely, it's not, it's not nothing. Right, right. And while I would prefer an Ayuk, I'd prefer a Denzel Mims, a Jalen Rager, obviously C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, all those guys, uh, Justin Jefferson. I, I just don't see us going that route. So I wanted to pick a guy that was going to maybe be probably for sure there in the second round, maybe even in the third, because that's the range I see us attacking receivers. So I wanted to bring light to a guy like that. Okay. Where do you see Mims going, Miles? Yeah, I think um, unlike kind of what Ryan said, I think with a Peoples Jones, he's that kind of guy that has that high ups, that upside that you can get on day two. That I, I expect the I, I expect the Vikings, like Ryan said, to to kind of wait unless a guy were to fall into their lap that they really like early. I don't anticipate the first round being the the spot for wide receiver, but if they were to do it, I think Denzel Mims is the perfect guy to take in the in the mid to in the late rounds of of the first round. Uh, late late one early two is the perfect range for him in my opinion he's got all the upside in the world his physical attributes are out of this world the, those traits I mean like I said he ran a four three eight at the at the combine he tested out of this world he showed it like I said before he showed at the senior bowl that he can be more than just a a guy that runs just a few simple routes he can be a guy that that can run a little bit more of that true route tree with just a little bit of refinement a little bit of coaching he's a little bit on the older side in terms of being a a fifth-year senior, so he's the kind of guy that should come in right away and, and compete and, and show and be that style of receiver that is um, competitive, and he gives you production. And that's what the Vikings need. The Vikings need to bring in guys at the wide receiver position. At the you know we, we can go through all the positions the Vikings have needs for and know that they need this rookie class to be guys that, that contribute right away, and that's one of those positions that has to contribute right away. The running game, like Ryan mentioned, is something that helps those rookies not need to be as impactful. Um, but when they get those opportunities, they got to take advantage of it. Just like we saw from Diggs and Thielen, they're the kind of guys with, even when they're given less than ideal target share and um, mark, you know, and all that in terms of uh, a run first offense, when they're given less, they still do a lot with what, with, with what they're given. So whoever they bring in, that guy needs to do that. And I think Denzel Mims can do that. He can be that guy that, that again stretches the field, helps take away some of the the two safety look, uh, the um, double teaming and Adam Thielen helping you know loosen the safeties in the box a little bit just to make sure that that vertical threat is is helped taken away. And again, that just helps a little bit of everything else you do. This is a play action heavy team, so that's going to help open things up for Irv Smith, Kyle Rudolph, Adam Thielen. So Dalvin Cook out of the backfield. It's going to help a little bit of everything as long as you have that threat to to get vertical. And Denzel Mims can really do that. While like I've I've considered him DK Metcalf light in the fact that I think what he could be asked to do in Minnesota as a rookie could look very similar to what DK Metcalf was asked to do um, in Seattle as a rookie. Run a lot of the basic routes, the the post, the deep post routes, the go routes, the hitch routes, all those in breaking um, routes that a lot of guys can run. Um, but within those routes, within this offense, it's a it's something that still has value and provides impact to this game. Um, and this offense because of what they need those guys to do. And he wins those routes. He, he can win those, he can win those routes. He can outrun guys. He can outjump guys. He's very good in the contested catch range. He's good after the catch um, for a guy his size. 
not usually um, looked at as those guys um, good after the catch, but he's he's a lot more elusive than he looks. Um, and he's the kind of guy that, for me, I think is a late first, early second round kind of player. Yeah, well, Mims is a guy receiving a lot of hype, really. And later on in the process, you know, you see some people have him going in round one. Some people have IU going in round one, too. I saw some chatter about uh, the Sun Devil IU going to the Eagles today before the Vikings even pick. And I just, I know, you know, there's, there's smoke to all that fire, but I just see these mocks like with six, seven receivers going into the first round. I just think there's a lot of group think there. The, the top tier, like Ryan said, is so great in this receiver class. I wouldn't be surprised to see a couple of trade-ups, like uh, maybe not as high up as the Falcons went to get Julio Jones up in the top 10, but people are going to trade up for C.D. Lamb. Like uh, the Eagles might trade up if they decide they want a Henry Ruggs instead of like a Brandon Ayuk. The Packers could trade up for a wide receiver. That's a big need for them. So I think all that trade-up doesn't mean there's going to be six, seven receivers going. I mean, some of these guys, after those trade-ups, which cost day two picks, they're going to slide. You're going to see a a Michael Pittman possibly slide, maybe an Ayuk or a Mims slide. And that means that you get these great skill sets at at a discount in the second round. That's what I'm hoping for. And that's why I think we sh- we're selling ourselves short saying that we need to wait until day two for wide receiver because there is going to be hell of value on the board late first round, early second round. Uh, Matt, where's KJ Hill projected to go? Um, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure he's slated to go around four, maybe even as late as five. I guess maybe late third um, is, is probably the earliest. Like I said, he he's not really – any higher than that, he's he's just a true slot receiver, and so you're not really going to get what you're going to get out of like a Denzel Mims or even Ayuk for that matter. So he's more of a a later option, and I think you only draft him if you've already drafted a receiver who can play outside, because I don't think you want to double down on just another slot receiver. Though the Vikings. You know, I, I know that you're upset about if, if this talent is falling to you, why wouldn't you take it, even if it's like late first or trade up in the early second? But we saw with Diggs, you know, they're not going to utilize the receivers. So that's probably why they don't really have a, have receivers as, as high of a need on, on their board. But time will tell, I guess. Okay, so with K.J. Hill going fourth, fifth round, early day three, where would that put him on the Vikings depth chart? I know he's playing slot. We've got Irv Smith likes to drift into the slot. Hopefully he'll do that more in 2020. Adam Thielen is a great slot receiver. So how does KJ Hill factor into the offense? I mean, I think you would just move Adam Thielen outside in that situation. And like I said, I, you probably wouldn't go after him unless you drafted a, a true a guy who can play outside like a Mims or uh, Justin Jefferson or, or somebody like that. Okay, great. What about uh, Peoples-Jones? Ryan, you said he's a great high pointer. Where does he factor in? Is he an X receiver? Is he a gadget type? Is he going to be in the slot? What do you think? You know, I think he can move all around the formation, really. Um, He's probably more traditionally a Z, you know, a guy that, you know, he's not going to be that overpowering number one receiver. He's probably going to be a solid number two. 
uh, that can run, again, a relatively easy route tree. But he did run a lot of uh, slot, he did a lot of slot work actually at Michigan. So he can flex into that slot position. Um, again, I prefer those type of receivers who can kind of flex in and out because and then it keeps our formations relatively unpredictable as we tend to motion Kubiak likes to do. But again, I, I think he can win on the outside. He can win in the, in, in the slot. And I see him actually having punt return, uh, uh, punt and kickoff production as well, which is huge. With Jefferson, or with Peepers Jones too, I actually think of him as like a, if you like Justin Jefferson for your team in the first round and you don't get him, I think Donovan Peoples Jones is that like perfect kind of guy, that style of player to get on day two. So that I, to me, if you miss out on a guy like uh, Justin Jefferson early, he could be a guy to target on day two. Awesome. And, and Miles Mims is an outside guy. Yeah, Mims is an outside guy. He can play in the slot a little bit. He could kind of be that big slot, but I think overall he'd be that true X receiver on the outside that can win one-on-one matchups. That's physical. Yeah, well, to, Ayuk is an outside guy. He was a pure mm-hmm. X for for Arizona State. You definitely see him behind Adam Thielen as a number one, number two receiver in the Vikings offense. And, and the things he's going to do as a number two, I haven't really talked about Ayuk and what makes him so special, is that uh, number one, he he's got the speed. Number two, he's it's a unanimous, the big play threat that this guy brings to the football field. And you think about what Stefan Diggs, what the offense is going to miss the most about Stefan Diggs. Diggs could do everything, but the number one thing that Kubiak and Stefanski used him for were those big plays. They used Diggs primarily as a deep threat, as a big play guy. And if I, you can do anything, it is that take the top off, Make a make a guy miss, make the big play on third down, score the big touchdown, just the X factor that that can keep Minnesota in games through the pass games. Uh, I think Thielen will actually struggle without that component in the offense. So even if you get another slot receiver, or even if you get, you know, a guy a contested catch guy who can go up like what Laquan Treadwell was gonna be. I think even if you have that, that's not gonna make a big difference if you don't have the big play component. Ayuk with with six fifty yard plays last year for the Sun Devils, three seventy yard plays, that's dynamic, explosive athleticism. I don't believe his four point five second forty yard dash time at the combine i don't believe that at all somebody had some broken stopwatch they need to throw that thing in the trash because that guy that guy plays way faster than four well, five. and to, and right after the combine they come we found out that iuk had a core muscle injury so he had surgery so to me right. i believe that was the reason he ran a four five more than the fact that he's i believe he's truly faster than the four five he ran i just think the injury could have slowed him down even a hair so yeah I, to me on tape he's a four four guy for sure Definitely. And you know what? I don't see Mims as a four three eight guy on tape. I'll be honest there, Miles. Uh, yeah, that's that's so the, I think the th- thing about that is because of what he was asked to do. Um, a lot of the routes they asked him to do was pretty basic. A lot of just quick hitting st- t- style of routes or just go routes. And when teams mm-hmm. prepare for that stuff, it's easy to understand the kind of route combinations you're preparing for. So I believe like I, that's why I think the senior bowl was so important for a guy like Denzel Mims because he was a, he he had the ability to show his true ability to run the routes and be explosive in a lot of those um, opportunities at the senior bowl because when you don't get those opportunities to show those 
that route running ability and the the nuance. Um, all you got, all you have to show is your uh, tape. So he had he got to do that at the Senior Bowl, and I think he had to show that he's a little bit more nuanced than people really would have thought if they didn't get to see him at the Senior Bowl. That's good. That's a fair point. So I, I think that's a great comparison against about for all four guys. Uh, Matt, closing comments on KJ Hill. Why should he be a Minnesota Viking? I mean. I know I've said it a lot in this in this pod, but I really only think you're drafting him if you've already taken an outside receiver. But if they do draft an outside receiver, whether it's Mims, Ayuk, whoever it is, Jefferson, go ahead and take KJ Hill in the later rounds. And, you know, I think he'd be a good fit and could step in on day one um, and kind of fill that role. And then I'm not as concerned about that, that wide receiver room. Awesome. Ryan, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Yeah, uh, like I said earlier, you know, he, he's going to provide you a good wide receiver two ability on the outside in the slot as a punt returner. Um, he, he can help in multiple areas. He's a big imposing guy that can get downfield. Um, where I, I see him going, I think fits what the Vikings likely will do. Uh, again, I'd much rather have an Ayuk. Ayuk's one of my favorite players in this draft and, and receivers in this draft. I think he has the upside of those top three guys. Um, he also has probably the lowest floor of all, all of the guys that we're talking about today. Um, but I like those risks. I love those guys. Denzel Mims, I saw him play a lot against Oklahoma over the last few years, and he's a fantastic player. When, when looking at where those guys are likely going to go, Donovan Peoples-Jones is going to be that day two guy, whether that's second round or third round. And I think that's just a good value and likely what the Vikings are looking to do as they enter this draft. Man, I'm kind of angry I stole your guy now, man. We could both be talking to you. We should have teamed up for this one. I would have loved to, man. He, he's he's <laughs> dynamic, and I love it. He's dynamic, and he's got these – I'm sure you've seen the numbers on his wingspan. He's got an 80-inch wingspan, which is – that's a bigger wingspan than Brian O'Neill, for comparison's sake. I mean, the guy's 5'11", but just those long arms means he plays bigger, but he can still match that with a speed. Uh, it affects his catch range. His catch radius is great. So there's a lot of a lot of upside with Ayuk. And the the one downside, the one reason why he might fall is because he has he had only one year of full production with Arizona State. But I mean one man's trash is another's treasure. And if the ball falls a certain way, it's got to be Ayuk in purple, man. I'd love to see it. Uh, Miles, tell, tell us about Denzel Mims to close things out. Yeah, like I said, I think the Vikings, we, we talked about the Vikings need to get it. They're with moving Stephon Diggs, they need kind of that youth movement at the wide receiver position. Adam Thielen's going to be 30. Um, you have BC Johnson, Taze Sharp, both guys, they're kind of capped at being more of wide receiver three role players you need to bring in somebody that has big playability but also has that opportunity to maybe take over that wide receiver one potential and I think Denzel Mims has that ability and potential to be that that a1 um, guy to be your the go-to guy down the road develop early with a high impact early on while he develops but then maybe in two years he's that guy maybe he turns into that um, wide receiver one to to kind of help Adam Thielen and let Adam Thielen take that step back as he ages. So um, for me, I think Denzel Mims bring that, brings that total combination and total package. I see people say Julio Jones. I think that's a little much for me. Um, but I think that in terms of the overall athletic profile, he fits a lot of 
what that looks like. You know, he's big, fast, athletic, twitchy. He's uh, can pluck the ball out of the air. Um, he's kind of what you consider an accurate accuracy eraser. You throw the ball up in the air, he's going to go get it. He doesn't need the most accurate quarterbacks to to make them look good. Um, obviously, with Kirk Cousins, he's going to have that. Um, but I think Denzel Mims and Purple would be the perfect complement to what they need in this offense right now. And he grew up a Vikings fan, so that'd be there you go. That kind of for him too. So Vikings yeah. fans would love him even more. If you love, if you like Minnesota, if you like the <laughs> Vikings, the Vikings fans will love you until you tell them you don't like them anymore. So one hundred percent, there it is. That's uh, how we're going to wrap up the last draft prep podcast. I can't argue against a Vikings fan. Let's get Mims in purple. Uh, I hope I hope you guys enjoyed this little prep series we did, the wide receivers, this podcast, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Denzel Mims, Brandon Ayuk, and K.J. Hill. Uh, we covered the offensive tackles. We covered cornerbacks. Climbing the pocket is bursting at the seams with draft info. Pick up Jordan's draft guide. It's only 10 bucks. And it's even more helpful after the draft when we'll know which rookies are going to be in purple. Of course, we'll be here to review the Vikings draft as well. Final questions to review our draft prep to finish it off. Matt, you first. Predict the pick at 22. Oh, I think it's going to be cornerback. Cornerback. Uh, I don't know which one it's going to be. I hear they're high on Jalen Johnson, even maybe going as going for A.J. Terrell there. Or, or Jeff Gladney, but but that's I think they got to go corner at twenty two. All right, twenty five. Ryan, if we're if we're going corner at twenty two, uh, like Matt said, we'll likely go offensive line depending on you know who falls. Josh Jones, um, Austin Jackson. <laughs> I hope not, but uh, maybe and then um, Ezra Cleveland as a possibility as well. So I I think one of those guys is, is in purple with twenty five if we go corner first round or first okay. Pick. Okay, Miles, you agree or disagree with those? I'd flip them. I think offensive line is going to be the first thing the Vikings address. Go back to Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer both at the combine talking about improving the offensive line, and they have done nothing to do that. Um, and the draft is the only way to do that right now unless they make a trade for Trent Williams. So unless we see that happen on Thursday or before Thursday, I expect them to make some sort of move to make sure that they secure an offensive lineman. I love it. I, I lo- it's going to be interesting. Will it be cornerback? Will it be offensive line? Will it be a surprise position? Maybe a running back or a linebacker? Oh, oh. We all find out on Thursday night. We hope y'all are excited for the NFL's virtual draft with everyone in lockdown. This will be an incredibly memorable event for several reasons. Possibly the last live sporting event for some time. So everybody will be tuned in on their TVs and computers. It'll be known as the draft where technology took over. Hopefully, hopefully there's no glitches. But it will also mean something extra special for Vikings fans because this draft is one we're going to remember fondly. It's going to be the draft that moved us out of the past and into the new era of Vikings built around five early draft picks all starting on Thursday when the Vikings add two new great hopes. We can't wait to see what happens next. The virtual draft, a draft for all time. So until next time, y'all, Skull Vikings!